and welcome to the Hello Judges podcast, sponsored by Tales of Harrogate. My name is Will Woodhouse Banks and I love coffee competitions. This episode is also sponsored by Sensit London. You can check them out at sensitlondon.com. My guest this week is Diana Johnston Ledesma. Diana has competed in and judged pretty much all of the competitions. We chat about her history and experience from both sides of the judges' table, and it's a really interesting conversation. I think you'll get a lot out of it. On the first sip of this podcast, you'll get notes of pomegranate and honeysuckle. On the second sip, as it cools down, you'll taste stewed fruits and dark chocolate. Please enjoy. Hello. Gosh, you came out on my speaker. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. I was listening to music and it, you know. <laughs> Bear with me while I pour co- make coffee at the same time. How are you? Yeah, no problem. Yeah, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, busy, but in a good way. Can't complain. What uh, what coffee are you brewing? <laughs> I'm brewing your coffee. I saved it for <laughs> Very exciting. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I was like, I want to save this, and then we're going to brew it when we chat. Because I was like, I had it already in the freezer, and I was like, oh, I should just use that since we're doing this. Great. And, of course, it's the same coffee that came third in the World Championships with Claire. Crazy exciting, right? Yeah. I'm actually looking forward to celebrating on the, is it this Thursday, big little party. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I won't be able to make it. um... I was going to say, are you down for that? (laughs) No, we uh, we were in London last week, so if it was just like one week earlier, I would have been able to go, but never mind. Fair enough, fair enough. That would be good. It's worth celebrating. I mean, I feel like such an incredible accomplishment. And just watching Claire in her journey has been incredible for me because obviously Claire and I go back to like Scotland days when I was up and working in Glasgow. Right. And, um, and she was at Brew Lab, you know. Uh, and so to watch her compete and kind of very similar to that Dale Harris story of just like that persistence and competing every year and, you know, staying in a way, she's kind of like a sleeper car, right? Because everyone knows she's good, but yeah. she's not the one to go out and like hit all the drums all day about it, right? So it's been yeah. really cool to just see her like just go and just get there, you know? Yeah, it was amazing to see it with Claire as well. She went like step by step, like she was third, then she was second, then there was no way she wasn't going to win it this year. Yeah, and she's she's one of those competitors that has a real natural, she's herself on stage, you know? Yeah. And I love that because, you know, everything is, it, competition is for is performative, right? There is a performative aspect to it, obviously. We, we rehearse a routine over and yeah. over again. And at some stage you even go, do I sound like I'm rehearsed, you know? Um, but Claire manages to somehow be really herself, you know? And I've always really enjoyed that because when I sit down, um, I sit from the judging perspective, sitting on that side of the table, um, I feel like really just like I can just sit and enjoy it. Like I can just sit and listen and enjoy. And, yeah. and it doesn't feel performed. It doesn't feel like it's been rehearsed 20,000 times in the best way, not in the other yeah. way. You know, it feels like put together, but it feels fresh. Did um, you get to judge Claire on both days on the semis and the finals? Hmm. Yeah. I was, um, so I was watching uh, her semis like from the audience. Hmm. And when I see, saw her like not give the judges water, 
I like felt like an instant panic. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from what, actually, I really, I think I might have judged only her finals when I think about it. Because uh, I judged both of your rounds, I know that. But I mean, yeah. now it's blurred, so much judging. Um, but I do know that from what we felt is like the finals, she just, just taken it to the next level, which is always a great way. If you're going like that, you're like, okay, cool. So that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a huge jump because I think um, looking back on the semi-final score sheets, like because of that like mistake with not serving the water, yeah. like she had not scored so great, but she'd made it through to the finals, yeah. and then she just absolutely smashed it on finals day. Yeah, yeah, and I think again when we look at her in the world, it's been really cool as well. Like when I've been like messaging her in between things and stuff. And she's like, I felt really good today. I remember when she was semis, I think she was saying about, she's like, or maybe it was fine, I can't remember. She was like, I felt really good today. I felt really happy with what I did. Said, you know what, it doesn't matter if I get through to finals, I think she said or something like that. She was like, because I just feel like I went out and did everything I could and I felt proud of it. And I'm like, in my head, I was like, that's usually how you feel when you're getting it to finals though. So that's great, yeah. <laughs> you know? So that was exciting to to see and obviously her persistence and her kind of dedication. I mean, I've had the pleasure of being at her one of her um, practice rounds after she won kind of prepping into. And so I spent like I was there for a Saturday while she was running through. I think it was two weeks before she was leaving. Yeah. So it was also really cool to see kind of that kind of process organically move from the stage and into the next realm of like this assembly space where we're all trying to figure out okay so how to how do you score more points and it was great for me too right because at that stage I was like sweet we're done with the nationals I can actually tell you loads of stuff so yeah <laughs> you know um, and that's really nice when you're judging and you've kind of seen they're going oh if they could understand that they would like there's these things that they could think about that could help them but I can't say it right now because we're in the middle of it <laughs> you know yeah so and yeah, I suppose we're probably just a few months away from it all kicking off again, right? Because we've got the World Championships in Athens at World of Coffee. Yeah, yeah. it's exciting. I mean, I'm I'm also like really looking forward to like a World of Coffee in Greece. Sounds nice. Yeah, uh, I haven't been to Athens since the first barista camp. I was at the first barista camp and I was in Athens. What year was that? oh my gosh that was yeah I was I was there and like it's really funny because that's where I met a lot of people that I didn't realize I met in the industry hmm. only came about because they did like a special feature a couple of years ago and we all had interviews like people from that kind of original the OG um and I was like oh yeah that's where I met that person that's so weird you know uh but yeah the, the competition's coming up we'll have some rounds coming in again with uh BCs and I guess, you know, it probably feels faster or kind of really like soon also because we had like two years and change of nothing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's yeah. suddenly, whoa, how's that already happened? Whereas before then we kind of got used to that feeling of like the last round of something ends and then it's the start again, you know? Um, but it's exciting, isn't it? So, yeah. yeah. Are you going to uh, compete again? Am I going to compete again? Uh, no. Well, I'm not going to say no, but I'm not going to compete again this year. Right, fair, yeah. I'm, I, well, I'm not going to do barista this year. I might have a crack at something else. Who knows? We'll see. Nice, nice. See yeah. how I feel. Yeah. Um, I Because, like, with competitions, I feel like I need to have a really good reason to do it. Like, if I can convince myself that I've got something interesting to say or something I want to, like, put across, then I can really get into it. 
But if I'm just doing it for the sake of doing it, I don't think I'd be as successful. I genuinely relate to that. I understand that, like through my competition journey, like that's kind of, and what that is, what that thing is changes obviously, right? Like when I was at the beginning of my journey, what that meant in terms of like the reason to compete in something is very different from let's say me going into something now, right? Um, but it definitely has to be there, right? So so I completely relate. By the way, this is tasting great. <laughs> Excellent. So I'm really happy that that's still tasting fantastic. Yeah. So well done. We, with um, yeah. We've got some of it in the freezer and um, we've just silently re-released it on our website. I'm going to send an email out at the end of the month, like shouting about it because yeah. it's delicious and why not? I feel like it tastes better. <laughs> I feel like it's even nicer. I'm like, how is that possible? Because I remember this coffee, like when I think about your your round um, and when, when I was tasting your your espresso, I remember like tasting it. I remember that was really funny. So semifinals, I'm like, this espresso. And like, you know, just done a few times. Like, this is nothing. It's new, not a new rodeo. And I take a sip. I take the first sip and I'm like, what? <laughs> but I have to keep a really dead face, right? Like, yeah. Like smiling, but not smiling. But I take, I'm like, I'll take a sip, the second sip. And I'm like, oh, if there was a definition of sweetness in coffee that's there <laughs> yeah which was great right so yeah tasty tasty i um i never saw my score sheets from the semi-finals but i'm pretty sure um they the espresso was better on semi-finals day i can confirm that yeah i can confirm that your semi-finals espresso blew me out of the water i was like this is beautiful it was very sweet it, the the balance between this you know, when you look at the taste balance it's like when we think about taste experience as a thing um it was a really great example of it um when people kind of when they get their score sheets back and they see like comments like you know taste experience three or three whatever and they're like you know you know bitterness slightly high and pointed that would have liked more sweetness or things like that and yeah. they're like coffee how do you make it sweet it was like your coffee was a very good example of when what we mean when we mean like sweetness balancing out and harmonizing an acidity um, yeah it was great. Yeah, it was a great example. I was like, can we just bottle this espresso and put it in a capsule, like a little bottle, and then we can actually show people and calibrate other judges to, that would be amazing. <laughs> it would be awesome. Yeah. So um, I suppose we kind of organically got into everything and we didn't like <laughs> have like an introduction. So you are the founder of Sense at London, uh, COO at Saint Espresso and Roastery. Yeah, so um, yeah, the two Saint Espresso, Saint Espresso, Saint Espresso, and Saint Coffee Roasters are kind of like sister companies, but they are part of the same group. So I kind of look after both. Yeah, yeah, and you're the current reigning UK roasting champion still, yeah. still yeah. holding it. Yeah, I'm quite enjoying that. <laughs> and then you know, 2019, 2018, we've got second place, third place in Brewers Cup. Mm -hmm. uh, you had a third place in Coffee and Good Spirits in 2017. Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, UK sensory judge. I am actually this last year. I've been starting to be migrated, or what do you call it, put into head judging role now as well. Excellent. So I've been, so for example, in um, Coffee Good Spirits, I did a bit of head judging on the semis, and then I did some of the kind of sensory judging on the finals. Did a bit of head judging on the Brewers Cup. Um, so that's been a really nice transition outward and kind of into the next stage, I think. Excellent. Different experience in a way, um, but really great. Yeah. So. Amazing. Uh, so 
thinking back, you know, maybe it was 2017, maybe it was earlier. How did you first get started in competing? Yeah. That's really funny. So I actually, so I started, I think the first time I ever competed in something sensory based, right? Because I'm competitive, so I've done all the things. <laughs> um, was probably like back in 2000 you know 10 or 11 and it was at like a Pete's coffee and tea and it was something kind of within the kind of internal of it and I remember that was the first time and I remember that was the first time I tried to like make something look pretty on a cappuccino and this whole thing um that would have been like the first time but not necessarily like a super memorable time more like the first time the concept of making a, a routine with drinks came about the first time I got hooked into competition I'd say as a result of actually also winning one was not a coffee one it was a wine competition okay so back in scotland i was in st andrews i was working in and kind of was looking after a place called mitchell's deli it was um part of a larger chain but like the focus was on doing coffee and wine and food and things like that it was cool i was studying i was doing a master's degree over at uh, st andrews so that is why i was also in st andrews right. um and I had gotten, I'd always kind of grown up with interest in wine and had already kind of learned a little bit from my mom. So I started to get really into it because of the access I had to the the knowledge and the information. And the the, the company did this um, competition with a wine buyer, I guess you could say, called Inverarity Vaults. And the wine buyer had done this whole like, okay, we're going to do a big competition, it's a five-stage competition. If you win, we're going to take you with us to buy wine and champagne. For like a three or four day trip and i was like Ooh, that sounds fantastic yeah. <laughs> so this was the first time i'd done it so i kind of prepped up this whole thing and there's the five stages were like you had to do one stage which was presenting a bottle of wine as you would as a sum at a table right um another one was you had to create a five course menu concept with five wines uh another part of it was that you did a blind tasting and you had to like you did reds and then you did whites and you had to kind of break that down and look at that from the kind of w set analysis of it then you had this like theory knowledge test yeah and then the final bit was like the scary part because it was basically the part where they could ask you any questions so you sat in a room with like four wine experts and they start asking you questions and you've got to like answer it and it was really exciting and i remember i was like oh i don't care how this be great so i so in my head because obviously somehow my brain just works differently than other people I was like five course meal yeah cool so i cooked the five courses <laughs> i brought them to the thing i had brought someone with me and i said can i have an assistant they're like why and i was like to serve you the dishes and they're like you cooked all five dishes and i was like well how are you going to actually taste and how are you going to perceive this i've done mexican like none of you guys taste real mexican yeah they're like fair enough so i served them this five course meal with five wines and obviously what happens well after the five rounds i win because probably because the stomach always wins you know people <laughs> the route to their heart right uh, but i ended up winning the competition and getting sent to champagne and i think after that my love for sensory and competition just kind of solidified right because the passion of the journey i had taken into wine really got hit home there and sensory and pairing and what can happen in an experience the passion towards competition and then the experience of going to champagne and experiencing some of the most incredible champagne houses and what happens at origin and i'm pretty sure that's that that was the the catalyst yeah to, to it all yeah literally at all like everything i do now yeah 
mean, it's a pretty intense way to get started. It sounds almost like the coffee masters of the wine world, how you described it. Yeah, and it was funny because it was like, because it was like a wine supplier meets the company. I mean, the company wasn't small. There was like 50 venues at the time, you know, um, but still like it was. But it, for me, it was exciting because it was like, oh, cool. There's like multi-stage, like there's an opportunity to learn. And I think for me at the start of my competition journey in general, it was always about learning, right? It was always about saying, what can I learn, right? And then I think in my journey, as it went along, it went, what can I challenge, right? So like, yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of the interesting journey, right? And then like now it's more like, what can I create or discover? Amazing. Um, so thinking about you and the SCA competitions, yeah. are there any that you haven't entered? Like, have you done latte art? I've entered everything. Some more, some less, have been less of a radar for me. I've entered everything. Um, but yeah, 2017 was a really crazy year. So basically I'd competed in BCs in 2013, maybe 2014. I had done semis, uh, 20, or 2013 or maybe 2014, 2015. And then I did Coffee and Good Spirits. Um, and I'd realized that I had this weird problem. That's not so weird really which is that I'd like go through a comp, I'd get like super into it, I'd do it, and then I wouldn't do where I wanted to do or as well as I wanted, and then I'd get like really down. <laughs> and I'd sit there in my room and be like, oh. right? And then I, or I'd freak out or whatever. And I'd understood there was something within the mental state of it. So I decided, I was like, well, what if I did go through a marathon and do every competition someone suggests to me or every competition that's out there yeah. in one season? And I thought, I'm sure this will create like a great mind state to be able to understand the root of competition, to see the correlations between them, to find new knowledge, but also to challenge myself to something that I know no one's really done. And um, it, was an, it was almost a competition within myself at that stage, right? Yeah. But it was also what was beautiful was the learning of like having to get up, dust yourself off from the fall and keep cracking on to the next one, right? Which I thought was a great discipline. So in 2017, I did... 10 competitions in nine months wow yeah it was good it, that was a crazy year too because that was a year that i did make it to quarterfinals and coffee masters i got the third place position in coffee and good spirits i made semis in ukbc's finals in brewers brewers actually i think that's the third place year as well there was like a crazy amount of things that happened that year um and at the same time I had like a really terrible year in terms of having like not so nice guys dating like break up with me right like two days before coffee and good spirits like a whole story around that um, well, you don't need that not before competition <laughs> no I remember thinking like surely you can just like I know it's not great to live in an illusion but could you just wait till like <laughs> a couple days after you know but at the same time it might have been like what I needed to like kind of get angry and like go I'm gonna I'm gonna win this or I'm gonna do well at this because I'm like you know what fine <laughs> yeah and that was a crazy one because I had to create the routine in a day because I'd been so focused on trying to save the relationship it was 2017 I was doing all the competitions in the world I was the yeah. head of training for Taylor Street so I was working quite a lot building whole programs I think I'd written like 18 courses for the company or something um and then he does this two days before and that same time I was meant to be prepping a routine. I was too focused on resolving a relationship. 
So when that happened, I just was laying in bed all sad. And uh, someone I lived with uh, called Kuba, he like pulls me out of bed and he's like, no, this is not the person I know. You get up and you're gonna do this. And I was like, needed someone to give me a kick, right? And I got down to the training center and essentially built the routine for the semis in like five hours. Yeah. And built the drinks and then didn't expect to get through, right? Obviously, it was about finishing. Got through, hear my name for finals, nearly cry. I'm shocked. And then I go, wait, I've got to make a routine. <laughs> I don't have a, I don't have an Irish coffee. So we like had to run around and go get stuff and like stayed up till 12 trying to do this to wake up the next morning to compete again. I mean, my coffee got stolen that same that time. There's a million things. It was crazy, but victorious indeed. <laughs> what a wild year. Yeah. Yeah. 2017. That was the beast year. So thinking of like yourself and in competition, you sort of, you know, portray this uh, image of being sort of really strong willed and really like, you know, go get them, like take on any challenge. Um, what sort of challenges have you faced in relation to being like, a, you know, in the minority, being a female competitor? What like what is your experience with that? So the interesting thing for me is I've actually had insane amounts of support from people in general. And um, I feel like I feel like I've been lucky enough to not run into that. Now, part of that might just be my strong willedness to be like, <laughs> I'm doing this right. That's totally possible. And that might be my 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 tendency to just ignore the fact that I even think there's a reason why I shouldn't be able to just do it. And um, and, you know, and I'm, I think I'm surrounded by people like that who just are like, they wouldn't even think that because I am female, because I'm Latin American, it would even have an impact. So maybe because I'm surrounded by those people, I don't perceive any problem either. But I have been really lucky to have people who are um, in my life, not like crowds of people, you know, I'm kind of like a person who has like a smaller group of friends type of person, but who've been quite a lot, um, a lot of supportiveness around it. Um, and so I've been it's been pretty good. And in that sense, that's also where it's been really exciting to then see um, other, you know, and other people in a similar kind of backgrounds and things um, kind of come into competition and be able to kind of be like, yeah, like you should do it, too. Uh, it's really exciting. And I think one of the things for me that's been really key is that, like, to encourage others to compete or to kind of pursue their dreams or to be diligent across it and do those things it's about me doing it too because if I crack on like people understand like oh they can crack on too right yeah um, and so I think I focus more on getting out there and thinking about it not as any like I'm any different or any problem or any any reason why I shouldn't be able to you know I think that's yeah. been quite powerful. yeah absolutely um that being said we are like an industry dominated by a large percentage of males mm. do you have anything um or how do you think we can encourage greater diversity and you know in sign-ups and inclusivity inclusivity in the competitions so i think one of the great things that um is useful is kind of not so people who feel like they have, who have already a support network that's very strong and they kind of have that kind of like, let's say, advantage um, of that network or of that support of those people around them will have access to a lot of information very easily, right? They'll know what's going to happen, what to expect from a competition, how it goes. I actually think a massive way, for an example, of competition that would be useful is to actually go around, for example, and do a small tour 
in different parts of the country and offer a little bit of insight into the rules for people a little bit of like here's the experience here's what you you know here's what you're going to go and need to do um, and support the people who maybe wouldn't feel like they could voice what they don't know yet yeah right by just being present and going out there and you know what I mean because like it's a lot easier when you feel if you're a person who feels like worried or scared or unsure if that's something you can do right um it, it's hard for you to also feel like you can vocalize that and be like hey right because you feel like your voice is not very loud compared to everyone else's right so for for people like ourselves who have done this and gone out there I feel like it's important to try to go around and see if there's like some way to do a tour or something like that give some insights on it reach out and just be present as a resource I think it's a huge thing yeah yeah I think uh Camilla from VA and um Ollie Jones from Blossom Coffee Roasters they're sort of trying to put together a bit of like a program to open things up for some people absolutely and a huge part of that that I will say is part of it is people feel like they can do something when they see representation of someone similar to themselves sometimes so having that kind of diversity in that kind of experience is key right for everyone because yeah. if you see someone that you're like if you feel like you know it can come from anywhere right like I, I grew up in California I grew up in a kind of community Latin American community but like a lot of my childhood there was like a lot of like less privileged situations around me and a lot of like the neighborhood that if I would have grown up and just kind of stuck to what the what I should have been or what you know what I mean I could have got stuck in that mindset so actually like when I saw people succeeding who were in a similar neighborhood it was actually really inspiratory to me to me go oh no like I don't have to be locked in because of like where I live right so I feel like there's always this with everything you when you see that someone else is pursuing their dreams and you can relate to them it also inspires you to go ahead and give it a try right yeah and I think the other thing is just to remind people that like what happens with comp is people sometimes get focused on the win but they forget what the win might mean for them and if you realize as a person that your win might mean something different and you take that into case then whatever you do when you go out and do it you're going to feel happy about it so like allowing yourself to kind of find what it is for you rather than subscribing to the kind of general expectation of what winning means yeah i think it empowers a lot of people who might not otherwise compete you know i think that's a, a great piece of advice for first time competitors like you know set your expectations not to you know expect that you'll do badly but to be realistic and what you can get from competing like set that as your goal 100 percent, 100 percent. i think if we look at like even just like what's happened with claire and rosa and the amazing job they've done just kind of everyone surrounding um someone to support them i think if we also as a community think more about how we can do that what skills can we like contribute to support people and if we know someone might even be slightly like interested but scared to like put themselves out there it might be an opportunity for you to be able to like hey look you, you don't have to do it alone like I'm here like we can chat you know what I mean yeah be huge. so yeah great um so you've done all the competitions is there a particular one that you think would be good for somebody who's never done any competition before something that's um you know for people who aren't so sure maybe doesn't require as intense a preparation as mm -hmm. coffee masters for example yeah so interestingly that depends on where you're coming from right because on one hand coffee masters requires multidisciplinary prep 
but at the same time you can kind of just rock up and do it which is kind of cool about it well you have to prep a signature drink i mean but you know um which is kind of cool in a way if you're like the type of person that likes the marathon even if it's your first time if you're like yeah like i, mean, I just want to have fun to be honest coffee masters is so much fun that even if it's your first time it's fun so it can actually be quite a good one to go for if you just understand that it's like it's like a circus <laughs> you know uh the great one about that and the reason why actually i would mention that one is also because you you don't have to form a presentation really except for for your sig you do kind of walk through it but you're really just chatting with the judges so some people might find that actually a lot more close to what they're used to doing in a cafe and they might find that the easier entry because they'll go oh wait i can like just talk to the judge and they'll kind of ask me questions as well so we can just chat okay so some people might go well that i might forget what i'm going to say but if they ask me the question i'll know the answer so that works yeah right so it actually can be a really good entry level for someone who's kind of interested in doing that if they can kind of understand it's a lot of fun and take it for that really enjoy the time on stage for someone that wants that kind of more like oh i'm actually really nervous about that concept i'd prefer to prep myself up so i feel like i can just do that i know what i'm doing i think brewer's cup's actually a really nice one because yeah. the pace is slower because you're not making like three different drinks for four judges right you're doing one really nice brew you can do that with a clever tripper you can do that with a kalita you can do that with whatever you like and you are focused just on talking about that coffee that brew and that experience and i feel like the pace of that is really nice for someone coming into comp uh, to competition also you don't need to buy like three courses versus a kit you know you're not worrying about sourcing milk coffee signature you know all this stuff you're you're looking at let me source a coffee let me find three brewers and if you're absolutely beginning you know it's not you don't need to think about i mean geshas and all that you're trying to learn the process of competition right you're trying to learn the process so you can pick whatever coffee you want you can pick whatever three brewers. You could literally be like, hey, can I get three V60s? Ask three friends if you needed to, right? Um, and you can do that one in a way of really learning a lot about presentation, competition, tasting, and expressing what you need to express to judges. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I think uh, with brewers, even just um, preparing for compulsory, mm. like you, you challenge yourself to like, how can I make any coffee taste the best it can? It's actually a very cool round in, in my idea as well, like in my thought process because of that, right? Because you're like, you're given a coffee and you're like, okay, we all have the coffee. We all have the same water. I mean, how many times you go backstage as a competitor, you're like, this water is not great. Uh, but you're like, but we're all also, we're all in the same boat. So, yeah. so fine. It's like a brew off, right? Uh, I agree. And I think you learn a lot. You learn so much about how to do what you'd normally be doing essentially in cafe and coffee world which is taking the coffee and finding the most like optimum place that you can put it yeah. in the yeah 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 absolutely uh what what's your favorite competition as a competitor i toggle between masters and roasting for two different reasons so coffee masters is awesome in terms of competing because it's so multidisciplinary because you're on stage for a long enough time to chill out 
right? Because you get on there, you're like, oh, you're nervous, but you can't actually stay nervous for that long because you just kind of, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And the funny things happen and the MCs say funny things and then eventually you're just laughing because judges are walking. I mean, I judge it now, so I'm one of the other side, but the judges walking around filming the random things you're doing and you know what I mean? It's funny and it's enjoyable. So in terms of that and in terms of having a good time, um, and in terms of like actually showcasing a set of skills, I think Masters is really fun. Plus there's a prize. Everyone likes a prize. Everyone likes um, a prize. <laughs> in terms of like the SCA in generally, like on an overarching, I love roasting. And I'll tell you why. It's not specifically about what you're going to do in the competition. Because actually what you do in roasting comp is not necessarily what people think it is. It's because you spend three days together with like, eight ten other people other roasters or people because you know and you actually bond over this time because you guys all do your sessions and you all sit down you have a pint together and so by like day three when they're going to announce the winners you're all like kind of thick as thieves right yeah it's actually the social aspect and the really exciting conversations that happen like the really geeky conversations about roasting that no one else would want to hear right but because you're surrounded with like eight or nine other roasters, be like, oh, that's interesting. Let's talk about what happens when that happens in the RR, right? Like, it's really fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, I guess roasting, was that the last competition you did before you transitioned to being a judge? Yeah, so roasting, let's see, 2018 roasting, and I think I did the last, no, the last competition I did, because it's roasting, I did Masters straight after that, because I went to do Los Angeles Masters, so that was crazy, because I went to do, I went to do Masters, and then I flew, flew from here to Los Angeles, did Masters, then flew from Los Angeles to Taipei, and did, um, or maybe it's the other way around, and did um, roasting, and then came back, it was one of the, like, around the world, three competitions or something weird and then I did do Brewers Cup for the second place position I had in 2020 just before we all got locked down yeah <laughs> yeah which I was gutted about obviously because everyone's always like oh it's great to be second but you really want to be first but you're like ah. Oh. but then when the pandemic happened I'm like oh I guess it's a good year to not win because that'd be really annoying to be locked down as the winner yeah you know Bless Matteo, probably sitting there going, when am I going to compete on stage? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that would have been, so technically the Brewers Cup would have been the last one I physically executed. Um, they're all within like three months of each other. And yeah. then lockdown, and then yeah, my transition into judging Masters. So this year is the second year of judging Masters and into SCA. I'd already started judging some SCA, but I hadn't been, I'd been doing barista predominant yeah. at that stage so yeah so what made you decide to switch places and go join the mm. judging yeah so part of it was like so there's a part of me that's like kind of like you so it's like if I compete now there has to be like a really core thing I'm going to do so it's not to say that I won't do it again because there will be some that I'll go back to right because I have plans but I'm they're big plans so yeah they need they need to cook and they've been cooking, but they need to be executed now, right? So part of it's that. And so I wanted to take that time while those while those developed in my head to like look from a different perspective and widen my perspective. And then there's the massive part of that, that is as a competitor, having been on the other side and having some frustrations, I'm not gonna lie, um, 
from a competing side and from looking at the fact that I felt like some clarity or some um, real commentary was needed to justify scores and wanted to understand what was going on and wanted to be one of those people that could maybe either understand what's happening and kind of go, okay, fair enough, I understand and I can explain it to other people or be part of the change, right? Yeah. Um, and so I knew that going in, I was like, right, let's go in and let's start doing that. And as I started judging in Barista and I started noticing things, I started to go, well, I'm going to be the judge I wish I would have had as a competitor because that's now how I can support people who compete and can encourage them to come back, right? If I can be the person that gives them as many notes as possible, really honest feedback and supportive, you know, um, feedback, um, then actually they'll come back again or they'll get something out of that. And that's more important than anything. Actually, that's a bigger impact than me standing on a stage and talking to you about something, most likely. Because um, it encourages more people, right? I can actually encourage more people to grow. Um, so that's how it started. And and that's quite literally been what the experience has been. And it's always the biggest thing for me is always makes me smile is when a competitor when I'm giving like they get them sheets back and then they come and they sit down with me and they're like, how do you write so much? <laughs> they're like, I don't even need to ask any questions because it was all explained here. <laughs> and I'm like, that's amazing. So like, if that's what's happening, I'm really happy. Now I'm going to sit here and you can ask me anything you want after, but I'm going to sit here and be really happy that if my sheet tells you everything about the journey of my experience, yeah. when I sit down, I'm doing exactly what I would want if I was competing. So I'm doing what I came to do as a judge. Yeah. And I will 100% back you on that because you judged my my heats and my finals. And um, both times, like, I looked at my score sheets afterwards and, like, not just yours, like, all, you know, all the judges this year seem to be really on it. Like, I looked yeah. at the score sheets and I was like, yeah, no questions. Like, I, I understand what okay. happened and where it could have been better so and I, I didn't really have any debrief because I didn't feel like I needed one well that's so good see and that's where we want to be and I mean coming into it all that was a big thing and as I've been around now for a little while I think I've been judging overall probably about four or five years just different things and kind of increasing the amount and moving forward I started to kind of go into this kind of role of like guiding new judges which then became an even new layer right because you're like oh this is amazing so now I can actually share my knowledge from competition and from judging with someone that maybe has never competed. So it give them some insight on what it's like to be on the other side as well, right? Because yeah. that's huge. That's huge for, for people who've never competed and they're judging. They're really nervous because they're like, I don't even know what it's like to be a competitor. And now I've got to like, you know what I mean? They're nervous just like the, the, the competitors are. So to be a person that's able to guide them and help them find the words and the language to express what the experience is like is that next level of kind of like real excitement right because now you're like wow i can now be a great like um resource for more than just the competitor and more than just the like as a whole and i think that's where moving into the head judging position has been really cool because on one hand i i love being a sensory judge and just going for the experience and experiencing the whole thing and tasting all of the layers uh, when you're a head judge, you're looking at across the team, you're supporting the team in their experience of it, right? So you, by shifting into head judge role, you get less of the like individual experience, right? You're looking more at the collective and making sure that everyone has calibration, has support, but you're supporting the team to be able to do their job. 
So that transitions a new transition, which means you're ultimately supporting the competitor to have fair scoring, to have fair feedback. Yeah. So in that way, it's it's really good. So it's a I think it's it's a really good journey for for anyone interested in competition. Excellent. Um, do you have um, maybe not necessarily a favorite, but are there any memorable barista championship routines that you absolutely love? Oh, that's a very good question. You know, and I'm sure there are. I mean, yes, but she won, Agnieszka. Uh, <laughs> I remember I met Aga back in, 2000, I don't even know, a while ago at the first Barista Connect, which is a really cool thing that happened quite a while ago. It was like a whole thing that was built to support women in coffee competing globally. And it was the first of its kind I, that I knew of. There was probably eight or nine of us on the first one. It happened in Denmark, like Emmy Fukuhara was that like all of the people that have won pretty much were there right Michaela and Aga was there uh so fast forward years later I'm sitting in the, obviously this grandstand watching her compete in her you know finals routine I hadn't gotten to see any of it up till then because I was trade showing you know at DR Wakefield you trade yeah. showing the people you know and I'm sitting down watching this routine and I swear to you they didn't even have to tell me she'd won I've been like that is the best routine ever like with the whole way that she implemented perception of weight with this like magic trick around the like tables and like I was like whoa okay you have to win you have to win yeah that was a standout routine for me yeah definitely it's one of those ones like whenever I talk to people about competition you so it tends to fall into like two categories there's like routines that are based around like service and mm -hmm. experience and other ones that are based around like you know science and innovation and that kind of thing and that's definitely like a really good key one for the service element 100 percent. and i think that was, was exciting because there was a lot of science innovation which is super cool but when you get the other side you're like oh it just shows you how important both things are in our yeah. industry right and the combination of that is what makes us exist in general uh so i think yeah there was that and then there was years ago michaela Brewers Cup. I think she might have placed second in the world that year. Uh, I can't remember. She did a Brewers Cup routine, Kalita Waves, very simple recipe, very clean, simple, like very almost like gold standard. You're, you're, you're like 60 grams per liter thing, right? 55 grams per liter, like this yeah. kind of a thing. But the way she did it, that was so clean, so clear, and classic in terms of its methodology but very friendly, again, service and experience was just for me. Like, this is an example of taking a routine that is simple, but done really well, consistently, and produced a great cup. And her coffee was a Kamwag, it was a Kenyan. It wasn't like, she wasn't coming at you with like a Gesha, right? So yeah. it was also cool, because you're like, I mean, Kenyans are good, we know that. But still, you're just like, that is so cool. Like, you've taken a coffee, you've probably gone up against some pretty hardcore, you know, green, and you've taken a very like what a barista would do in a cafe and that's what she was talking about right and you've done it and you've done this well into the world this is so cool that's amazing yeah definitely would like to see more sort of diversity in the choice of coffees in competitions i think that's always quite exciting yeah yeah well Absolutely. even i think it was uh milan when we had uh, Martin Shabaya, the Kenyan barista champion, and he was 
obviously with the help of uh, Sasha Sestich, but had, you know, Kenyan coffees in the World Barista Championship final. I thought it was awesome. Oh, it's so good. I mean, and I think when I think about it, I haven't really used myself in my competition. I was using a lot of, I used a lot, I was on this kind of thing. I was using like washed coffees. I was very like, because all the new trends were coming in. I'm Since I was a teenager, I've always been like, I'm not going with trends, right? <laughs> so I was like, I'm going for a washed when everyone else is going for that one. And I'm going to have like a, like, I think I did a Kenya. I did a Kenya, definitely. Because at my Irish coffees were with Kenyan coffee, which was so fun. Nice. Um, uh, yeah, I did do Cedra. I did Cedra for my Brewers Cup in 2020. It was a Cedra. It was a it was a wash Cedra. Yeah. Where um, was that from? That was from Colombia. So that was the Gran Cal Esperanza. They had done. Ah, a, nice. Yeah, and that was the first. I think that was the first set of the Cedra. We taste well. So because I, I was working in green, I tasted the first actual set of Cedra they'd done, which was the year before. And I was like, this is great. I was like, I need some. They're like, well, we don't really have enough because it was just the first yeah. harvest. And I was like, great. I want some next year. <laughs> and so when it came through again, it was a really great opportunity to use it. Um, and so Beth down at Kalana, which Beth was at Kalana at the time, had bought it. And I was like, great. So I want to use this. So you're, I'm going to ask you to roast it. And it was, yeah. So, and that was the second, maybe the second time they'd released it or whatever. It was quite exciting. Um, super, super beautiful coffee. Yeah. I remember, I think it was 2018, me and you both competed at the Leeds Heat for the Barista Championships. Oh gosh. I, <laughs> I was on first at like 9am. I think you were either on second or third. And you used um, a honey processed red bourbon from Cafe Granja. That's it. Yeah. 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 Granja has been in my heart for a while, actually. Um, my first barista competition, I the funny thing about it is because I didn't understand the value of this at the time, right? I used a Gesha from Granja Esperanza. <laughs> I feel like back in 2013, it was 14, and I'd gotten it from Monmouth. <laughs> like back in the like oh gee <laughs> um yeah yeah that's so that's the start of the journey and then and then went off from it and there was a year where oh that was my favorite thing to do there was a year where I used two Rwandas everyone was like what you're gonna do two Rwandas in barista championships do you understand how dangerous and I was like yep rock and roll so, <laughs> but it was all about this talk. The whole conversation was I'd found one Rwanda from one producer, another Rwanda from another producer. And one of the producers had just passed away after we bought the coffee. Oh, wow. So it was, his final, it was his final harvest. And I was like, that's really moving. And the other one was a producer, which was his first harvest. So what I wanted to do was serve the judges this experience where they would have like the circle of life to be cheesy, but like someone's final harvest. And then that kind of start of a new journey um as an experience what a great story it was yeah i think about it i'm like oh that was probably i would have executed it into the win <laughs> i think it was top, i was top six, i think it was six that year for that one so i was like okay you nice. know, it's a good experience yeah yeah um would you say competition has opened doors for you and sort of ch shaped the path of your career I think it has, um, but maybe not in the most conventional way. So on one hand, yes, when I started competing, people started to kind of like get to know me a bit more because, you know, you talk about things you care about. Um, but more so, I think it had to do with my 
development of my own craft, my passion towards it and my knowledge, right? Because ultimately now what I do is very multifaceted. I've worked across the whole of the industry. I worked in everything from green to roasting to to roast, all of the things, right? Training. But that probably that whole journey partially has been out of the passion for my own learning. And so it's actually, I think, the journey of learning that competition has brought um, that has carved that out. And so because of that, I, I end up knowing a lot about different things and then pursuing that knowledge and wanting to know more. In terms of like maybe a particular job opportunity, less so because I think I worked for companies who were like, that's cool if you want to compete, you know, but it wasn't like they're centerfold in any way, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so I was spending a lot of time just like I'd go and I'd do like 50 hours a week and then I'd finish and I'd kind of come like prep. And that's basically how my competition career has been. So that's actually to be clear, even in 2017, when I did nine competitions or 10 or whatever it was, I was not doing those during work hours. I was doing those like at, you know, 5, 36 o'clock until 10 p.m., right, every day or on the weekends. Um, but what that's done has made me actually highly productive. <laughs> so I think in terms of that, it means also careers opened, right? Because it means you're able to like, learn a lot get really like focused on a lot of fields and as a result you can expand your opportunities you can take higher kind of like more difficult positions um you're not as afraid to like jump in on something you're not fully sure about right which yeah. i'll be honest we already know that for example a lot of us as women say um kind of we have a habit of like thinking if we don't know it like 120 percent, we might not pursue it right uh so that's kind of removed that from me so if i'm like okay I won't say something if I don't know it's 100%, but I'll try it if I think I'm like 70%. Yeah. <laughs> That's been good. Um, and then the people, I think it's the community of people that I've met that probably has networked me through to new opportunities. Yeah, definitely. Networking is a huge aspect of competition. Like from any part, like where you stood around waiting to compete, you're chatting with other people in the room, whether it's backstage and, you know, um, yeah this year like on semi-finals day there were people like prepping for brewers cup at the same time mm -hmm. and so you get, get a chance to taste somebody else's coffee and it's you know it's you build so many relationships through doing it 100 percent, and that's where sometimes collaborations come in the future or um someone's at a company that's looking for someone or that's something interesting and you know what i mean i mean ultimately when i was at taylor street that was an interesting thing because i met andrew tully because he judged me like in 2014, right? Yeah. And so there's part of that, that he kind of met me through comp, right? I'm sure there's an aspect there that was like, oh yeah, this is like, she's confused many times. Like I know Diana through this, you know what I mean? So there's a bit of the networking there, right? Like with different yeah. people going on into endeavors. And it's also why you should always like never burn bridges and always like keep good relations. And that's in comp particularly important because it's a heated kind of environment, it's intense environment. Sometimes people might get frustrated or, annoyed in the moment right and sometimes it's good to remind yourself like send yourself because right now you're feeling high energy and that's okay but you want to keep good relationships with people um because we're a small industry and you know and it's important right yeah such a small industry all those little connections matter because <laughs> you never know who like one day you might be working with and then a few years later they could be hiring for a position that you'd really love to have right exactly exactly and i know it all of us know it like from competition perspective you get your scores back or you get something or you feel down you feel frustrated and you're like oh 
and you want to get angry and like you might and like as a judge you also understand that right like one of the things we teach judges like okay when you go back out there to debrief understand that there's going to be a lot of emotion because they've really worked really hard on this right so just yeah. try to remove yourself from the perspective of them kind of being upset at you and understand they're just upset right now you know and that's a really good way to think about it but ultimately two people whether you're a judge or a competitor you know in that moment of kind of high heightened emotion it can go one way or the other right it can go in a way that's like a really great conversation and both parties are like yeah okay right now like maybe i need to like give myself a day or two to relax and then we'll be able to take this in or it can go the other way <laughs> yeah and to like navigate your sort of self towards not going the other way i think is really the best way forward um or you know you might end up later on going oh, i can't take that job interview <laughs> yeah amazing um obviously you're up to a million things always at uh, one yeah. time uh, but what like what's next for you what are you looking forward to what are you working on what big things are happening so actually it's quite cool um in where are we october so beginning of november i'm releasing a collaborative roasted pack with Saint Espresso. So basically what it is, um, like we I was talking with the, the roaster there, um, the head roaster, his name's Adam, really lovely guy. And we we're having a chat about it. And it was like also with James Weiss, who's involved in this collaboration. And it was like, okay, so what would be really cool was actually to like add value to an experience for a consumer or from a coffee professional's perspective that would allow someone to understand how like roast impacts the cup, like the roast profile not the rose color because we know that one a bit more um and so i wanted to do something where it wasn't like blatant so because i could pick something like a like a anaerobic kind of super funky coffee and then i could obviously roast it two ways and very easily show you intense differences just because i could you know go go in the direction of making one kind of quite subtle and one really wild right really yeah. obvious stuff. but we didn't want to do that we wanted to pick something that was a little bit more like the consumer would enjoy it in general, like average person could enjoy it, but it was very high quality. And that actually just allowed you to experience the subtleties of a roast profile. So this project is, I think it's really, we're gonna probably do the pre-release on the 7th of, no, of November. And then we'll do like, it'll go out the weekend after Manchester Coffee Festival, right? Nice. Kind of idea. Um, and that's gonna be a double pack. I have like a mock-up actually, it's not perfect, but it's like this, it's cute. Oh, cool. um, yeah. And the idea is it's called double dip and the idea is it's a brazilian coffee um it's a really high scoring brazilian coffee from we got from sensible and you know lovely lovely stuff um but obviously as we know like a high quality uh, brazilian coffee is a very balanced coffee you've got your kind of nuts you've got your like fruits but it's not like something crazy so what i've done is i've roasted on two of the profiles that i used in the competition so i've taken two curved shapes let's put it that way that are contrasting one of them that's um more traditional uh, style and the other one in terms of the shape it's called a double dip because it literally looks like a double dip and it's one of the ones i used in the comp uh, so every time i show someone that curve roaster they're like what the heck <laughs> yeah and it's really fun to show other roasters this curve um so that's the one that's used and then the traditional one and the idea is that you'll get like a double pack so you get like 100 grams of each and so you can actually taste how those two simple shapes shapes of curves impact now, obviously, I've roasted on a Giesen, so I've also done some fun stuff around the kind of like drum speed. Uh, but the, the, the coffees are the same drum speed. So you have the same drum yeah. speed uh, with the shape of the curve difference here. 
but in general, even if you took this coffee and roasted it, the drum speed is different than usual. So it's going to be fun. I'll probably write up a little post on it just to give a bit more insight on the on the actual curves and the thinking because they were all part of the way that I went to comp, which was to take a curve shape, three curve shapes through and use the ones that I thought made sense on the yeah. day. Uh, so it's kind of taking that through. And so, yeah, that's that's probably the biggest exciting project at the moment um at that and then i've also just launched a leadership training with insane espresso so i've been taking like the kind of site lead kind of head baristas and then like the cluster managers through a new leadership training which includes like not just like coffeenomics is a term um but also um like soft skills so things like coaching skills and like yeah psychology a lot of psychology and soft skills that i feel like in my experience within hospitality many businesses unfortunately haven't been able to give to their teams and I feel like the impact is huge on leadership and leadership is core for a team to feel like positive and proactive and happy at work um so I'm trying to kind of do that so those are the two big projects right now for me amazing yeah. two great things exciting yeah yeah was there uh, anything that you wanted to talk about anything you wanted to mention that we didn't bring up anything you had on your mind <laughs> I mean, I guess the other things like really just, you know, watching the space in the next year, because obviously it, it, we're towards the end of the year, uh, the double dip will be in November, which is great timing for Christmas as well. Uh, it's a limited edition thing. That's fun if you're into like tasting everything. So actually, by the way, the subtleties on those coffees, the differences are not going to be things like one tastes like strawberry and one tastes like, you know, like, I don't know, guavas. It's more like textural and like, yeah more like complexity level so that's fun um the obviously the leadership and training thing's cool but then also with sense at london i think that's probably something quite cool because we're coming towards that point in the year where it's towards the end of the year i'm getting now to the stage where i'm okay i need to build the site put up a website fully i have like a landing page at the moment that like collecting you know information people chat so i can get in touch with people and communicate but we'll be building out a site and putting up like some of the courses that I'm going to do there, which obviously are the SCA courses that I'm doing for people at the moment, but also looking at branching out and building in from the beginning of next year, some consumer focused courses, because I think it'll help our industry with more access to knowledge for the general consumer. Yeah. And then at the same time, what I'm hoping for, so if anyone's actually interested in getting involved, get in touch, is to start from next year doing a few events within the Sensit London space. So collaborative events with different people, different things happening. I'd love to be able to host everything from cuppings to like, you know, even if it's not coffee and it's like beer, it's like wine or chocolate or whatever, um, and start getting the community together and creating that hub that I wanted to create with Sunset London. Amazing. So, yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you very much for spending over an hour chatting with me about coffee competitions and stuff. It's been great. Yeah, it's been absolutely wonderful. I have no uh, more coffee. <laughs> oh perfect timing then yeah yeah <laughs> amazing well enjoy the rest of your day thank you you too speak to you soon thank you, thank you for having me on you're welcome bye bye thanks for listening to this week's episode of hello judges it was great to chat with diana about her experiences and what it's like to be a judge Next week, my guest is Sierra Yeo. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and review the podcast. You can also follow us on at Taylor's Discovery on Instagram, 
Taylor's Discovery on YouTube and Hello Judges podcast in all the podcast places. It's been an absolute pleasure to share this podcast with you today. Thank you. Time. Thank you.